True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, among others. They'll do all of that so you can do literally anything else. You have better things to do with your free time than focus on your lawn care. Let True Green take care of all the hard work it takes to get a great lawn while you take care of everything else on your to-do list. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you, let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where Here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday, and welcome into Fantasy Baseball today on August 30th. Frank Stample joined by Scott White here to recap the weekend. We have a whole bunch of waiver ads, maybe some drops. Can you drop Cody Bellinger? I mean, there's only one month of the season left, so I don't know what we're still doing. Some prospect notes and more. How you doing, Scotty? How was the weekend? Did you see how I subtly moved those books? There's like some live books, some children's library books right here. And I just subtly moved them out of view. Scott, you did it so subtly. I didn't even notice. I know. I drew attention to it anyway. So (laughs) what was the point of doing it subtly? I might as well have been like banging pots and pans around here. You know, I don't know. Yeah, we could have moved. They're out of 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 sight now. Out of sight, out of mind. True. True that. How was the weekend? It's fine. Nothing, Nothing adventurous? No. Right. <laughs> That's fine. Honestly, I, I feel like it could have been a better weekend for you, Scott, considering you absolutely nailed it with Cabert Ruiz, the catcher prospect for the Washington Nationals. And we spoke about him on Friday's podcast. He was part of your prospect report article that was on the site. We told everybody about it. Now he is expected to be promoted on Monday. Absolutely crushing it this year at AAA, batting 310, 21 homers, 59 RBI. He's 23% rostered. Where are we thinking he fits into the catcher ranks? Because I think even in some one-catcher leagues, you could probably pick him up and start him right away. I know prospects, they struggle, yada, yada, yada. But the catcher position is just is bad. It's very bad. It is. And I think now that Bear Ruiz has developed power, it looks like a considerable amount of power, uh, I have a lot of confidence he's going to become a, a stud at some point. He just... You put the bat on the ball as often as he does, uh, and you can drive it out of the park. And, you know, it's not like the Nationals or the Dodgers. They don't have this great catcher surplus or a tendency to to split the job. Um, I, I think it's it's inevitable K-Bear Ruiz is going to develop into a stud. As far as picking him up and starting him right away, my issue with that is that Dalton Varsho is currently 50% rostered. Travis Darno is currently 50% rostered. 
Max Stassi is 48. I, I don't know that Kebert Ruiz being handed a starting job in the majors for the first time, and it's not his major league debut. He's appeared, he, he made brief appearances for the Dodgers before. But, you know, really being tested at the major league level for the first time, it's especially difficult for a player at that position to make an impact right away because there are so there are so many things that go into playing catcher. Uh, I so I would bet against that happening for Gabriel Ruiz. And we always talk about how catcher's a bad position, but you unless it's a two catcher league, you you don't need to go that deep into the position for everybody in your league to have it filled. And and so you see this happen a lot where interesting players are pretty much always available on waivers even if uh, even if it's just not even if it's not a good position relative to other positions. So I don't know that Kbert Ruiz is a must add in a one catcher league. I would say he's not as a matter of fact, not with those other guys available. Two catcher league sure. Take a flyer on Kbert Ruiz. But otherwise, I'd say wait and see for him. So I told someone on Sunday that I would rather have Cabert Ruiz than Travis Darno. Then I realized Darno has a couple of games in Coors Field this upcoming week as well. So I probably would walk that back. I'm with you. I would rather have Stassi. I'd rather have Darno. I would rather have. There was another name that you brought Varsho. up there. Varsho. Varsho is the one I want most of all. Yeah, I think that's pretty close with with Cabert Ruiz, but I could get behind it just because playing time is probably going to be more plentiful for Varsho. He's playing in the outfield, but there's injuries to Wilson Contreras. J- JT Real Muto is currently banged up a little bit, so I, I could see in a one-catcher league where you might need someone. Would you take Cabert Ruiz over Elias Diaz from the Rockies? No, not with the Rockies playing four games at Coors Field this week, and the other three games are against the Rangers. I like... I mean, Elias Diaz is kind of like many Rockies hitters. Yeah. You know, you do the home and away thing with him. But for right now, I would say that I'd rather have Elias Diaz. Ruiz or Eric Haas? Yeah. Is Haas back yet from the IL? Yeah. He returned. It's like he just got back. Returned yeah. this weekend. I'm going to have to say Haas. Yeah. He's going to get the playing time, a lot of power. You know, obviously, if Caber Ruiz hits the ground running, then we're going to have to rerun these calculations. But. I th- I think these other catchers are have proven enough at this point that I'm not really looking to upgrade. All right, a few more names. Zanino? I'd stick with Zanino. Omar Narvaez? I'd stick with Narvaez. Last one, Carson Kelly. Now, there... That might be interesting. Let me see how... Because I know Varsha's stealing some starts from Kelly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. If you wanted to gamble on the upside of Ruiz, you could do that. Okay. So it sounds like you're probably going to slot Ruiz somewhere in the 16 to 20 range, which has names like Luis Terenz, Sean Murphy, Jan Gomes, Yadier Molina, and Christian Vasquez for you. To start out. But, you know, we're going to be doing the K-Bear countdown, waiting (laughs) to see when he does become the stud that I think he'll inevitably be. We were talking beforehand. Scott's talking to me about K-Bear and Care Bear. I'm just like, I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. The Scott. Care Bears countdown? Yeah, I just... It's I a deep know. cut. Yeah, I wasn't part of the the, the Care Bear lifestyle. No, I had a little... There was a small window there. Yeah, I was... Uh, you know, I was so big on like anime stuff growing up. Dragon Ball Z, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon. I was into all that stuff, so... Didn't really have time for the Care Bears, but <laughs> enough about that. Let's do, oh my goodness gracious, talk about some other players on the weekend. Oh my good goodness gracious. All right, where would you like to start, Scott? Well, 
Well, where would I like? To? Oh, Patrick Wisdom. That's who we talked about beforehand. Oh, yeah. Patrick Wisdom is where I'm starting. That guy had a monster weekend for the Cubs. He homered twice on Friday. He homered twice on Saturday. He struck out three times on Sunday, but eight home runs in his last nine games now. Ooh. Patrick Wisdom has. He is heating up again. And you look at his season stats, they're still really impressive. 256 batting average, 25 homers in 254 bats. So better than a 50 homer pace if you project that over a full season, you know? And then an 899 OPS for Patrick Wisdom. I dropped him in several. I shouldn't say several. I dropped him in at least one Roto League after holding on to him for a long time through through link for through 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 some lengthy dry spells thinking well it's just hard to find this kind of power on the waiver wire in in any sort of roto league uh, I finally ended up dropping him in one and then of course it goes off like this and I look at these season long numbers he has and I'm like why why would I ever drop a guy with on a 50 homer pace with an 899 OPS uh, his strikeout rate is through the roof, but a, a long history of hitting for big power in the minors. And uh, the Cubs are really making good on these sort of career minor leaguers, finally giving them a shot. Wisdom, Rafael Ortega, Frank Schwindel, they're all putting up numbers, and actually they're all among my top 10 sleeper hitters for the upcoming week with the Cubs having the second-best hitter matchups. I know Wisdom wasn't on that list when we talked about it Friday, but he is now. I've got a segment coming up a little bit later on. Would you rather? And Patrick Wisdom, you mentioned lots of power, lots of strikeouts. Reminds me a lot of Miguel Sano, who had five more mm. hits this weekend, including another home run. It was his 23rd. Over his last seven games, he's batting 286. With three homers, See, he is 55% ro- rostered. Patrick Wisdom is 54% rostered. And I've talked before how I hate that profile for Miguel Sano, the guy who either strikes out or home- homers, basically, because this is what this is what always ends up happening. <laughs> with me. Like, I feel like I give them so much patience, and they just do nothing for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then they have a week where they homer like eight times. And it's like, well, I guess I shouldn't have given up on him. So who would you rather have? Patrick Wisdom or Miguel Sano? I mean, Miguel Sano is not in my top sleeper hitters for next week. So I'll say Patrick Wisdom. All right. Patrick Wisdom over Miguel Sano for Scotty Dubs. For me, oh my goodness gracious, from the weekend, Jesus Lazardo, a.k.a. Wild thing, his first time wearing glasses with the Miami Marlins, and he goes out and has this awesome start. Six shutout, one hit, one walk, eight strikeouts, 15 swinging strikes on 94 pitches. Seven of those came on the changeup. Eight of them came on the slider. 32% called strike plus swinging strike percentage. That's pretty solid. 29% is right around league average, so he was up over that. He still gave up a good amount of hard contact, but I I don't want to... I don't want to overrate one start, Scott, but at the same time, I don't want to underrate it either because Mm -hmm. to me, Lazardo is someone that this is going to sound like like I'm overvaluing it, but I think he can be a league winner the final month of the season. Like we've seen him have month long stretches where he looks very good 
and he is a former top pitching prospect. And, you know, I was like half joking about the glasses thing, but maybe it actually made a difference. His first time wearing glasses with the Miami Marlins and just so happens that he has this awesome start. So he's 36% rostered at home this week against the Philadelphia Phillies. Are you rushing out to go add Jesus Lozardo where available? Uh, maybe not every single league where he's available because, you know, it, it depends on the depth of the league. And it's kind of a long shot. Obviously, he had been horrible this year. This is awful. His, this is his best start of the season. Though he did have three good starts in April, for what it's worth, before breaking his hand in a video game tantrum. But it's worth pointing... Well, first of all, it's worth pointing out. Of course, he's saying he's probably going to wear the glasses rest of season and, in fact, for the rest of his career, which makes sense. Secondly, he worked with Sandy Leone for the first time, veteran catcher who has a good track record with pitchers. And most importantly, he changed up his pitch mix in a pretty significant way. He His changeup had been his fourth most used pitch. He threw it 30% of the time in this start and got seven of his swinging strikes on it. In fact, his fastball was only his third most used pitch. He went, he went off-speed heavy. And um, it seemed... Like, his off-speed pitches, you know, he's somebody in the minors who earned high marks for his secondary arsenal. Um, but, you know, just watching watching him pitch, too, he just looked so in command. He, he, looked, he looked like he really knew what he was doing and was having fun. And was Joey Votto left shaking his head. And it was really impressive to watch. And I think... Uh, I think he may have figured some things out in this start. So, you know, maybe he goes back next time and gets blown out again. And then we can say, oh, well, better luck next year. But uh, if you're hurting for pitching and Ranger Suarez isn't out there anymore, and, you know, at this point I might be picking up Kyle Freeland over over Jesus Lizardo too, but otherwise, Lizardo somebody to target. Yep, and more on those starting pitchers a little bit later on in the podcast. And you know what really grinds my gears, Scott? I tweeted about Jesus Lizardo on Sunday, and I didn't, even, I didn't even give an opinion. I just tweeted out his stat line. I said, whoa there, Jesus Lizardo. And I had a bunch of people responding to me, oh, well, the Reds are awful against left-handed pitching, and oh, you know, every bad pitcher can run into a good start. And I'm just like, I, I am guilty of this at times too, being negative, but it's like, I didn't even say anything about the guy. Like people were coming up with all these different kind of excuses for why Jesus Lazardo had this good start. I'm just like, let it be, man. Like he's a former prospect. We want to see these guys succeed. I mean, that's what it's all about. And it was just, it really kind of, it flustered me. It, it made me very annoyed. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. What are you going to do? I'm excited for the guy. I'm excited for Lazardo. I don't think he's a must add, but if you have the ability to stash him right now. I wouldn't throw him right back in the lineup. He faces the Phillies this week. Let's see if he can build off of this. But obviously, this was a really, really good start for a former mm-hmm. top pitching prospect. So I am very excited about it. And someone else who I'm pretty excited about as well. Not to the same level as Jesus Lozardo. Doesn't have the same prospect pedigree. But Glenn Otto, I did want to talk about him early on here because he made his debut on Friday. And he's someone who we talked a little bit about last week. And I know that you liked him earlier in the season and you were watching him very closely in the minors. You actually had him on your Scott White uh, dynasty uh-huh. team. But had is the, <laughs> the, is key. the key hence there. Yeah. He makes his debut against the Houston Astros of all teams. Goes five shutout on Friday. Two hits, zero walks, seven strikeouts. 
Only nine swinging strikes on 73 pitches, but that's about a 12% swinging yeah. strike rate. And eight, against the Astros. Yeah, and eight of those came on the slider. The pitch mix, it's mostly slider, fastball. He mixed in the changeup and, and curveball a little bit, 8 to 10% each on those other pitches. The slider, I, I don't like making these lofty comps, and Jose Fernandez is one of a kind. But when I saw the highlights of his start, that's what it reminded me of. It was like this huge sweeping slider across the zone, and it was nasty. The Houston Astros hitters could not touch it. So Glenn Otto, 5% rostered. I don't know if he's going to make another start this week. I've looked around, and it seems like the Rangers rotation is kind of in flux. They have some people on the COVID IL right now. So, Well, well they haven't. They didn't send him right back down to the minors. Yeah. So, so I, I, I take a, that as a good sign. They're planning on him starting again. Yeah, that's a good thing. So, so what are you doing with this, Scott? Are you looking to add Otto anywhere? Scout team for now? What do you think? Well, I, I think where possible, and, and I, I would prioritize Jesus Lazardo over him, but if, if you got to go even deeper than that, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to, to pick up the phone and dial 1-800-GLEN-AUTO <laughs> because of his, the strikeout potential he showed in the minors. It was 12.6K per nine. Uh, and really, that breaking ball, that slider, was a new addition to his arsenal this year. He had had... A lot of injury problems in the past. Hadn't really fleshed out his arsenal yet. So a big breakthrough in the minors this year. 12.6K per nine in the minors, as I said. It was lower once he got to AAA. And uh, especially in the Rangers organization. And that's why... I'm just... I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be actively rooting against Clint Otto from now on. Because it... (laughs) I was sick to see this performance after dropping him in the 2014 Dynasty League. And he got scooped up right away by R.J. White, who is um, my boss, I guess you would say. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's messed up, it, Scott. That's messed up. It doesn't feel good. No. Um, and I, the reason I did was because, okay, the strikeout rates were dropping when he got to the higher level, and obviously there was a roster crunch. So it's like, eh. Maybe I was a little, maybe I was a little too high on this guy, and maybe we're a little too high on this guy now. Obviously, he needs to prove it again. But this is about as strong a debut as you could ask for a pitcher with Glenn Otto's history and um, and what he showed in the minors this year. All right, so deeper leagues, I think you can add him. I play in a fifteen-team five by five roto league where he was added for three dollars out of a one thousand dollar budget. So that is obviously. A very small yeah. amount. So any any deep league like that, or throw them on the scout team in shallower leagues for now. But Glenn Otto, definitely a name to pay attention to. Before we hit the news and notes, the 2021 Fantasy Football Today Draftathon supporting St. Jude is this Wednesday, September 1st. Just as fantasy draft season is getting underway, tune in to the six-hour stream for nonstop fantasy advice, 6 p.m. to midnight Eastern time on Wednesday. The FFT experts will be joined by 30 industry guests to get you prepared for your fantasy drafts while raising money for St. Jude. You can watch the entire stream on the Fantasy Football Today YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash fantasy football today. You will see me show up at some point throughout that stream as well. I think later on, 845, double duty. You know, I'll be prepping for the baseball podcast. I'll be on the the draft-a-thon as well. And it's for an awesome cause again for St. Jude. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're prepping for fantasy football, you have some time Wednesday night, be sure to come hang out with the squad. News and notes. Shohei Otani was hit by a pitch on his right hand slash wrist area on Saturday. X-rays came back negative. We can breathe 
a sigh of relief, and he is scheduled to start, I believe it is Tuesday against the Yankees. So that they haven't said anything about that start yet, so I assume he's okay, uh, considering he was hit on his right hand, and obviously he pitches with his right hand. Mike Trout was able to aggressively run the bases at Angel Stadium on Friday. He has not appeared in a game since May 17th, obviously with this calf injury, and he kind of re-aggravated it back in July too, so... I don't know how much more we're going to see of Mike Trout this season, but it sounds like he's still trying to make a comeback. Chris Sale has been pushed back to Wednesday this week, so he will not have a two-start week as previously expected. John Gray exited Saturday's start against the Dodgers with right forearm tightness. Manager Bud Black indicated the injury was up towards Gray's elbow, though it wasn't the UCL he's going to play catch on Monday to see how his arm reacts. Byron Buxton was activated this weekend, and he went a cool 0 for 11. Just kidding. That was kind of mean. But he actually did do that. You could get Byron Buxton back in your lineups. I, I think he's going to be fine. Kenta Maeda is scheduled for el- elbow surgery this upcoming week and will miss the remainder of the season. The extent of the surgery is yet to be revealed. But Ch- Tommy John is an option for Maeda and look, would just absolutely crush his keeper dynasty value. So we'll see. But either way, this sounds pretty pretty serious for Kenta Maeda. Mike Moustakis was removed from Saturday's game with hip tightness. He's batting 173 since returning from the IL. Scott, can we drop Mike Moustakis? I w- would be fine with that. Would you be okay dropping him for someone like Patrick Wisdom or Miguel yeah. Sano? Yeah, either one of those would be fine. Okay, yeah. M- Moustakis is down to 61% rostered, so I think a lot of people are already making that move. Eddie Rosario made his Braves debut this weekend. He went 2-4 for four with his 10th stolen base. On Sunday, he's 64% rostered. It's kind of weird, though. He was activated on Friday. He didn't start until Sunday, so I don't know if they're just Mm -hmm. easing him in. They obviously have a lot of names that can play in the outfield for the Atlanta Braves right now, so 64%, he might be out there in some three outfielder leagues. Would you be looking to add Eddie Rosario if he's available there? No, my my guess is he's primarily going to play a bench role. Okay, I think he's he's fourth in the pecking order there. Adam Duvall got the day off on Sunday, and that's what Rosario got what got Rosario in the lineup, but Duvall had started every single game since coming over to the Braves at the trade deadline. And uh, obviously they have a a good history with him from last year. He's probably their best outfielder outfield defender at this point. And, and Jorge Soler has certainly become a fixture batting second ahead of Freddie Freeman. He had another home run. Didn't he have a home run Sunday? I believe Soler has been great since coming over. Yeah, he has. Uh, So those two are fixtures. So, you know, I, I I don't expect to see Eddie Rosario, Eddie Rosario start that much. Yeah, Soler hit another home run on Sunday. He had six hits with two homers this weekend. He's been really good for the Braves since he came over. Pablo Lopez did not make his scheduled rehab start Thursday as the Marlins elected to slow down his progression. Mm-hmm. Glaber Torres, it's the year the year of the uh, what do we call it, Scott? The year of the setback. The year of the setback. Uh, this was, apparently wasn't a setback. They yeah. just decided, eh. They're they're not playing for anything, and and Trevor Rogers is coming back this week, so I think that's what's the hurry. And 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 by the way, we didn't mention this with Lizardo, um, but remember, I kept saying I'm worried Eduardo Cabrera is going to get sent back down. Edward, gosh, I keep doing that. (laughs) Sorry, Edward. Edward Cabrera is going to get sent back down when Trevor Rogers um, comes back. Unless they send down Jesus Lazardo. I don't think they're sending down Jesus Lazardo now. 
that's a good point. But I, I mean, I guess there's a chance they just go six man rotation for now. There's a chance. Uh, Zach Thompson has slowed down too. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but um, true. I guess it depends on what Edward Cabrera does in his first start this week as well. Gleyber Torres started a rehab assignment on Saturday, and it was announced that he will return Friday this week. So don't get him back in your lineups yet. It's not like he was great anyway, but maybe for the following week. I don't know what they're going to do because this Andrew Velasquez kid has been playing really, really great for the Yankees. He's been a spark plug for them. He can steal bases. He he gives them an, add an el- added element. So... Gleyber Torres is, is still young enough. I don't think they're just going to give up on him, but it's a good problem to have for the Yankees. Kyle Lewis was seen running the bases at full speed and sliding in the outfield Sunday. Sliding in the outfield? That's interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, a sign that he could soon begin a minor league rehab assignment. He had surgery on no, his... No, I was, I was seen around my living room pretending to throw a football, and I, I hurt my shoulder doing that. It's a true story. Well, take it easy, Scott. We, we, can't, uh, we can't lose you, too. It's the year of the setback. Uh, I'm preparing for my fantasy football draft, and so that makes me want to go around my living room here pretending to throw a football. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> I haven't, haven't outgrown that yet. Well, make sure you check out the draftathon this Wednesday, Scott. Uh, Kyle Lewis, by the way, he had surgery on his right knee back in June. It looks like he could begin a rehab assignment soon. He's 51% rostered. Would you look to add stash Kyle Lewis anywhere right now? Uh, yeah, five outfielder leagues. All right, yeah, sure. I, I think I think that makes sense too. Tony Gonsolin will throw a simulated game on Monday. He's on the IL with a shoulder injury. Tuki Toussaint pitched in relief Sunday with Ian Anderson back. Now... They could go to a six-man rotation, but they haven't revealed that yet. Scott, should we drop Tuki Tucson? There's a there's some starting pitchers emerging here. Would you drop him for someone like Jesus Lazardo? Hmm. I probably would want to see how it plays out first. I'm not I'm not so sold on Lazardo that I'd be ready to do that. Okay. Uh, however, I would drop Tuki Toussaint for Ranger Suarez if you hadn't made that move yet. Suarez is still like 50% available. Yep, more on him in a little bit. Tuki Toussaint is currently 62% rostered on CBS. Chaz McCormick is set to begin a rehab assignment this week. And do you think he'll take playing time away from Jake Myers, who continues to hit well? Yeah, it's possible. I he, Myers has hit well enough that I could see it going. He's hit well enough that I could see him keeping the job, but he hasn't hit so well that I think he's got it locked up already. The Pirates released Gregory Polanco. Truly the end of an era. Yoshi Tsutsugo started in right field Sunday and has been pretty hot Uh, since joining the Pirates. He is nine for 27 with, with five home runs in 13 games. He is 2% rostered. And I saw Yoshi Tsutsugo added in a few of my deeper Roto leagues. So He's playing. He has first, third, and outfield eligibility. A little bit of pop, so deeper leagues only. Yoshi Tsutsugo is the name there. Noah Syndergaard tested positive for COVID, so he could not make his scheduled rehab appearance on Sunday. Didi Gregorius went on the paternity list, which means he'll miss at least three days. These players went to the IL this weekend. Enrique Hernandez tested positive for COVID. It's obviously unfortunate for, for many reasons, but he was crushing it, so I hope he... Gets well, comes back, and kind of picks up where he left off. Mitch Garver went to the I.L. with a lower back strain. That could mean more playing time now for Ryan Jeffers, who has some prospect E status. He's been getting the majority of the playing time anyway, though I do wonder how long. It's not clear exactly when Garver suffered this injury and if he was trying to avoid going on the I.L. or not. Yep. 
Jake Fraley went to the IL with right shoulder inflammation. Scott, starter sit these players this week who are currently questionable. Let's see what happens. George Springer said he expects to return from the IL Monday. Would you start him? I would plan to start him. Maybe not in shallower three outfielder leagues, but in most leagues, plan to start Springer. JT Real Muto exited Sunday with a sore left ankle. Would you start him? Well, we mentioned there are some pretty interesting catchers on the waiver wire. If you can afford to roster a second one, I, I think that would be the safer move. Yeah. Tim Anderson was out of the lineup Sunday due to this recurring leg soreness. He recently missed, there was like a four or five game stretch where he missed and then he returned, looked awesome, but he was out against Sunday. Would you start him? I think I would start him. It's pretty pretty yucky on the waiver wire, that position. Yep. Chris Bryant missed the last two games with right side tightness. What do you think? Yeah, that's that's tricky. I uh, especially Chris I, Bryant too, who's just it feels like he's always dealing with something. I would try to replace him. I would try not to start him. Yeah, and look, there's Patrick Wisdom, there's Miguel Sano, so there are some third mm-hmm. basemen. There, you know, are a few yeah. other outfielders outfielders available as well. I wrote here that Anthony Descalfani left Sunday with an apparent injury. That was a, the original diagnosis, but it turns out. This was just planned, so they wanted to piggyback Sammy Long with Anthony DeScalfani. It was his first start back, so DeScalfani is fine. Trevor Rogers completed his second rehab start, got up to 71 pitches. He could return this week against the Philadelphia Phillies. Would you start him? No, I'd rather give him a start, especially since it seemed, you know, these teams are going particularly easy on pitchers fresh off the IL. Cole Irvin is dealing with a hip injury, and he threw a bullpen session on Saturday. He remains on track to make his next scheduled start Tuesday against the Tigers. It's a pretty good matchup. Would you start Cole Irvin? I'd try not to. It, it, it's, you know, it's like a spark in a points league. Yep. Because he's in line for two starts, but of course he could have a flare-up with his hip again and not end up making that second start, so you have to factor that in. In the one points league where I have him, I am not planning to start him, but I at least thought about it. Chris Paddock will make his return on Monday, which sets him up for two starts against the D-backs and the Astros. So one good one, one bad one. No. No, yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. It's been a real rough season for Chris Paddock. Last one here, Luis Patino was pushed back to Monday which is, it's very frustrating when stuff like this happens because I started him in one of my lineups in a deeper Roto League and he just didn't pitch at all this week. He was supposed to pitch this weekend and they just kept pushing him back. Chris Archer came back. So, uh, yeah, Patino is in line for the Red Sox and the Twins this week. Well, he's another relief pitcher eligible starting pitcher. So points leaguers especially, I think, would be motivated to use him for the two starts. I'm not terribly motivated to use him otherwise. It's not like he's been consistently good this year. Some quick prospect updates. Rangers, 18-year-old shortstop prospect Maximo Acosta had thoracic outlet surgery, and I know that there's a lot of excitement around Acosta in the dynasty community. He's still a ways away. He's only 18 years old. So I haven't really heard of shortstops shortstops having thoracic outlet, but... I, I guess we'll see. How yeah, his, I haven't done much research on that now. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's still young enough where hopefully his body could bounce back, but we'll see. Padres 20-year-old outfielder, outfield prospect Robert Hassel has been promoted to high eight, and he was slashing 323, 415, 482 with seven homers and 31 steals over 92 games at A-ball. He was their first-round pick last year in the 2020 draft, and the Reds optioned Jose Barrero back to AAA and assigned him to their taxi squad. So I think there's 
a very bright future for Jose Barrero, but I don't think it's going to happen this season. Jared Kelnick hit his seventh home run on Sunday, and I thought he was having a solid August, Scott, and then I look into it, I'm like, 213 batting average, four homers, 708 OPS. It's better than where he's been, but it's still not a good August. Ground balls have been a huge issue for Jared Kelnick, so Mm -hmm. would you drop him in redraft? He got dropped in that same Roto League where I dropped Wisdom, which is a 12-team Roto League, 360 players rostered, not counting IL spots. Mm -hmm. Pretty deep league. In fact, I I then put in a claim for Kelnick. Wisdom may have been who I dropped. I could do that over again. (laughs) I'd rather have Wisdom still. But uh, yeah, my team's... My team's embarrassing in that league. I, I I remember, I think I said a couple times this offseason and, and maybe during draft prep season that I, I don't recall ever finishing last in a fantasy baseball league. And fortunately, I'm only second to last in that league. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the thing, what keeps happening in that league, though, is I keep dropping players and people pick them up right away. So, like, how is my second to last place team have all these desirable players. I don't, I don't know how that works. Yeah, so you're dropping the players while they're while they're stinking, and then people pick them up, <laughs> and then they get going on everyone else's team except yours. Exactly. So this is the... Uh, are you referring to the Memorial Magazine League? Yeah, yeah. The auction or the salary cap draft we did... Uh, we did actually as a podcast. We did it live on here. Well, I, I will just say, Adam Azer, if you're listening, I know you're not listening, but... He was making fun of me because he said I had the this was the worst roto team of all time because I think through the first month or two I was in last place. I am now in fifth place and I am ahead. Oh, of, I am ahead of you, Adam Azer. So take that. I had Luis Castillo as my ace, man. I just needed him to come around. Uh, a few of the yeah. prospect updates here. Jesus, do you want to drop Kelnick? I don't know if you gave an answer technically. I, I have. No issues with you dropping Kelnick. If if you want to hold on to him in case he turns things around as it seems like Wander Franco has, that's fine too. But like, I, I don't think that's a high priority at this point. All right, Jesus Sanchez hit two monster homers this weekend, 443 feet and 415. The raw power is there, just needs to develop some consistency. I'm pretty excited about Jesus Sanchez. Matt Manning finally had a, a, an okay start because we needed something. Six innings, one run, five strikeouts. His velocity was up uh, across the board. Fastball velo, 94.7 miles per hour. That was up from his season average. Slider velocity as well was up. I don't think you need to add Matt Manning, but again, we needed to see something. And uh, that was a pretty good something. And last but not least, you mentioned his name. Wander Franco currently has a 29 game on base streak. Again, he is 20 years old. He's He's going to be good. He's going to be a good one. Let's take a quick break. When we return, talk about a few bullpens earlier than we normally do. We'll do that here. Fantasy Baseball Today. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So there's a lot going on in these bullpen scouts. Let's get after it. After an 11.42 ERA in August, the Rockies have removed Daniel Bard from the closer's role. If you started him in a CBS Points League this week, like I did in the Scout White Dynasty League, he gave you minus 21.5 fantasy points. That is ridiculous. Oh. I I can't tell you the last time I saw something that bad, but sheesh, man. Negative mm. 21 and a half. Anyway, Carlos Estevez picked up the save on Friday and is only 4% rostered. He went for $26 out of 1,000 in my 15-team roto. I'm going to throw a few situations at you, Scott, and then you rank these players. Sergio Romo got the save Saturday for the A's. Andrew Chafin got the save on Sunday. Lou Trevino apparently is being given a break from the closer's role after taking three straight losses last week. That comes according to manager Bob Melvin. Adam Adovino had saves both on Friday and Saturday for the Red Sox. He is 19% rostered. Alex Reyes blew another save on Sunday. And after the game, manager Mike Schilt said the team will evaluate the right-hander's role moving forward. Giovanni Gallegos is 32% rostered. So, Scott, how would you rank these saves options, potential saves options? Carlos Estevez, Adam Adovino, Giovanni Gallegos, and the A's relievers. Are we including Trevino among the A's relievers? Mm, no. No. Let's go with Sergio Romo and Andrew Chafin. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Adam Adovino number one, followed by Giovanni Gallegos. That's kind of all I care about. Uh, I, maybe Carlos Estevez third. I don't think the A's are making a change, really. I expect to see Trevino back in that role. I mean, I don't think any of them are making a long-term change for what it's worth. This is purely speculative, but Adovino, he's gotten three saves, I think, since they they pulled Matt Barnes from that role. So he's, he's becoming the most uh, ingrained at this point. Yep, I, I think that is uh, that is definitely fair. We'll see what happens with the Cardinals too, because that's that's a pretty interesting one. Gallegos is having a really good season, another really good season. Last note here on bullpens: uh, James Karinchak was demoted to AAA over the weekend. He had a nine point seven five ERA over his previous fifteen appearances. He's still sixty one percent rostered. Can we drop James Karinchak? Yes, everywhere? yes, and. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's good that you can drop him. And and look, Emmanuel Class A, clearly the closer now, so it's good to get that clarity as well. But like James Karinchak, the the struggles are wholesale here. He has it's not just that he's given up a bunch of runs. First half of this season, 41 appearances, 15.6 K per nine. Amazing. Second half, 18 appearances, 5.4. K per nine, fifteen point six to five point four, and um, I, I'm sure if you looked at strikeout percentage, it, the disparity would be even greater because obviously he's given up more base runners during that stretch where it's five point six K per nine. So it's he's just lost it. He's just lost it. And I don't know how much that has to do with the foreign substances, or if it's just because uh, it doesn't look like in June he had big strikeout problems. Yeah, that's what I was just going to check right now. 
So he still averaged 13.1 K per nine, a 33% strikeout rate in the month of June. So I'm not exactly sure. The walks went way up in that month. So maybe that contributed, but yeah, yeah. I, I, someone, there was a video circulating earlier in the season of James Karinczak with some kind of, I don't know, his hand sticking to his glove or his hat or something like that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. let's get back to the hitters. Let's rank these hitters in shallower leagues. CJ Crone hit three home runs on the road this past week. I know that he is a top year sleeper hitters this week. Jorge Soler, we mentioned, been really good for the Braves uh, since coming over. He's batting 283, seven homers in 25 games with Atlanta, 75% rostered. And then Tyler Naquin, he hit another homer on Friday and in the month of August, batting 400, six homers, 69% rostered. How would you rank these three, Scott? CJ Crone, Solaire, Naquin. You just did. Sweet. I assume you're not shying away from CJ Crone. He's actually, he's having a really good year overall. I mean, not a lot of consistency because there are big splits numbers, but. Yeah, dramatic home. Yeah. Dramatic difference home and away, which is why it was nice that he hit three home runs on the road this past week. I'd actually hoped he'd had a, I'd actually hoped he would struggle in the road and get dropped in some leagues so we can pick him up again. <laughs> but um, that didn't happen. You're probably just gonna have to hold on to him from now on and play the splits. Scott, yeah, you're you're very menacing as a fantasy baseball player. I just realized you're rooting against Glenn Otto because he got picked uh-huh. up by someone else. You're hoping that CJ Crone is awful on the road so he gets dropped and you can pick him up. Oh, it's all about me, Frank. It's all about <laughs> me and my fantasy teams. I never saw the side of you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you haven't been looking hard enough. Uh, CJ Crone on the season has a 914 OPS overall, so that is just fantastic. Would you rather? We already did this for Patrick Wisdom and Miguel Sano. Let's do a few more. Nikki Lopez or Nikki Solak? Nicky Lopez now has 11 hits in seven, uh, Nick Solek rather, has 11 hits in seven games since returning, one homer, one steal. He's 27% rostered. Nicky Lopez had three straight three-hit games over the weekend. He is now batting 392. Both are under 40% rostered. Who would you rather have, Scott? I do think Solak has more upside, but I just think Lopez, Nicky Lopez is going to be more useful. It's going to, Help in batting average is going to help in stolen bases and possibly a major way in stolen bases, though. You know, he didn't have a single stolen base in either of those three hit games. That's how it goes with stolen bases sometimes. Another frustrating profile because it's not so good that you're just going to automatically leave it in your lineup. But when when are you going to predict when the steals are going to come, right? Yep. Would you rather... Ian Happ or Joey Wendell, and they are very opposite players. Ian Happ hit another homer on Friday, and in August, he's batting 256, six homers, one steal, 35% roster. Joey, Joey Wendell had a double dong on Sunday, including a grand slam. He had six RBI, but he has sat out three of their the Rays' last eight games. He's still 56% rostered, so who would you rather have, Scott? I would rather have... Just because of the playing time disparity, Ian Happ, but it helps that Ian Happ has been hot the last couple weeks, and he's another Cub who's in my top 10 sleeper hitters for this upcoming week. Good week to start your Cubs. want to quickly mention these hitters who either had a big weekend or are having a really big August. Salvador Perez has homered in five straight games. He now has 12 homers in August and 38 overall, which is most all-time 
by an American League catcher. So <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a pretty awesome feat for Salvador Perez, who uh, also had over just over 50 fantasy points in CBS this week. So if you play played in a points league against Salvador Perez, I'm sorry. Yasmani Grandal, it was a big weekend for catchers. He returned on Friday. He had four hits in that game, a double dong, eight RBI on Friday. And then he went two for four with another homer on Sunday. Yasmani Grandal is 87% rostered. Might be out there in some shallower eight-team, ten-team, whatever it is. Get Yasmani Grandal on your team if you can. Big August for both Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton. Judge hitting 347 with eight homers. Stanton batting 310 with eight homers. Adolis Garcia heating back up. Seven hits this weekend, including two home runs. Tommy Edmond in August. I mean, I gave him the kiss of death. Right? It's drop Tommy Edmond. He's you know nothing going on at the start of August, and now. 311 batting average, three homers, three seals. It's been a really impressive month for Tommy Edmond. Rafael Devers hit a double dong on Sunday. He's now up to 32 homers and 96 RBI with a whole month left to play. Jose Ramirez, five homers, uh, five hits, two homers this weekend. He's having a massive August. 286 batting average, nine homers, eight steals. Josh Bell had a double dong on Sunday. Luis Robert also had a double dong. His season-long strikeout rate is down to 233 Squat, uh, Scott, I have a question for you. Yeah, sure. Can we drop Cody Bellinger, who hit 188 with a 602 OPS in August? He is still 97% rostered. There was a very short stretch there in the beginning of August where I think he had whatever it was, three homers and three games, maybe four homers and three games, something like that. Uh, but outside of that, he's still been awful. 97% yeah. rostered. Yeah, I, w- I would say what I said for Jared Kelnick. I don't think there's a problem with you continuing to stash him in the hopes he turns things around because we know the upside is significant, but it's it's no kind of priority at this point. And if you want to free up the roster spot, you know, by now I, I probably would have in, in leagues where I had Bellinger. By the way, I wanted to point out for Salvador Perez... More than 50 fantasy points this week. Do you know how hard that is to do for a catcher? I'm not sure I've ever seen it done before. I said said that, Scott. Oh, you did? You weren't listening. (sighs) You bad boy. Truly historic (laughs) season here for Salvador Perez because you know how the most home runs hit... you, You said he's already hit the most for an AL catcher, right? Yes. The most home runs hit by a... Primar- primarily a catcher is 45 by Johnny Bench. The most home runs hit by somebody who was actually playing the catcher position when he hit the home runs was 42 by Javi Lopez in 2003. Javi Lopez hit 43 that year, but one came as a DH, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, I think Perez has has played DH at all. Uh, some of his home runs have become a DH. Yeah, they have. I'm sure. So I'll have to, uh, I don't have exactly how many, but you know, the bottom line is he's seven away from Johnny bench right now. So it's, it, it's, and and that's regardless of whether he was playing catcher or not that record. So he could certainly challenge that. I have a whole bunch of pitcher questions and just about 15 minutes left. So let's run through all of them here. Okay. Scott waiver wire starting pitchers and let's uh, give me your, let's go with three favorite from this group. Ranger Suarez, I assume he'll be up there. Five and a third, one run, five strikeouts on Sunday against the 
Diamondbacks. Those pesky Diamondbacks who bit him yeah. last time. Yeah, he's 51% rostered. Uh, he's at Miami later this week. Tyler McGill up against the Nationals. Five innings, two runs, five strikeouts. He only gave up one hit. He's 64% rostered at Washington again this week. Matthew Boyd made his return on Sunday. I know you don't like Matthew Boyd, but 11 swinging strikes on 71 pitches. He looked pretty good against the Toronto Blue Jays. Four innings, two runs, five strikeouts. He is 39% rostered. Daniel Lynch wasn't great against the Mariners. Four and two-thirds, one run, three walks, too many. But he had 16 swinging strikes on 104 pitches, and he is 50% rostered. Last name I'll throw out here, Carlos Hernandez. He pitched in relief Friday. He was at the Mariners, but five and two-thirds, only one hit, one unearned run, six strikeouts to zero walks. I like what I've seen from Hernandez. He had 19 swinging strikes in that relief appearance. So between Hernandez, Lynch, Matthew Boyd, Tyler McGill, Ranger Suarez. Scott, give me your three favorite. My three favorite would be Ranger Suarez with his incredible ground ball rate and still about a 150 ERA. Uh, Tyler McGill, both of those guys I have on my 10 sleeper pitchers for this week, by the way. And Daniel Lynch, third who also had a big, you know, it wasn't a great start, but he had a big swinging strike total, and I think he threw his slider like 50% of the time, which was something we hadn't seen from him before. Maybe maybe that'll be a good plan for him going forward. Yeah, uh, Carlos Hernandez is becoming more interesting because the last two starts, he's actually missed bats, which is not something he's shown the ability to do much in his career for as hard as he throws in major or minor leagues hasn't shown much bat missing ability, but it combined uh, 33 swinging strikes in his last two appearances. One of course was the long relief appearance. So I'm keeping an eye on Carlos Hernandez at this point. It's not a, not a bad idea to make a play for him, but he would be fourth on this list for me. Give me your three favorite streamers for this upcoming week from this current group, Rich Hill, this weekend pitched five innings, two runs, eight strikeouts. He is up against the Marlins this week. Jake Odorizzi at the Rangers on Friday. I think it was Friday. Five innings, two runs, five strikeouts. And he is at the Mariners this week. Kyle Freeland was at the Dodgers. Awesome start. Six innings, two runs, seven strikeouts to zero walks. And his last 12 starts for Kyle Freeland. He is a 2.57 ERA. He is at the Texas Rangers this week. Only 32% rostered. Tyler Anderson in six starts with the Mariners. He's got a 3.18 ERA. And at the Diamondbacks this week, last name here, Alec Mills. He was at the White Sox this weekend. Eight and a third shutout, three strikeouts. Uh, he is going up against the Pirates. So Rich Hill against the Marlins. Odorizzi at the Mariners. Kyle Freeland at the Rangers. Tyler Anderson at the Diamondbacks. And Alec Mills versus the Pirates. Who are your uh, two or three favorites? I think at this point, Kyle Freeland's my favorite. And I don't feel good about saying that, but it's been 12 starts now. This is a stretch much like the one Austin Gomber had, much like the one Armand Marquez had. I know Armand Marquez has a bit more of a history. But, you know, we, we gave those guys the benefit of the doubt, and for a while there, it paid off. Uh, so I think maybe we should do that for Freeland. I do worry that he's not putting enough balls on the ground, particularly for that environment. But since he started going breaking ball heavy, did you give the numbers from his last 12 starts? I Yeah, I give only the ERA, 2.57. 2.57 ERA, 106 whip, about a K per. Yeah. And um, 
just really pounding, pounding the strike zone with his slider and curveball, and uh, it's it's really transformed him. So I, I will go Freeland, number one here. Two would probably be Tyler Anderson, but it's a distant number two. Okay, and I don't. I want to pick a third. I don't think the rest are good. All right, some deeper waiver options at starting pitcher. Quick mention on these names: Logan Allen made his return for Cleveland, and he pitched six innings of one-run ball with eight strikeouts against the Red Sox. Ronaldo Lopez, five innings of relief. This is probably more so just a roto play, but because now he's in the bullpen. But five perfect innings with seven strikeouts in relief on Friday. Chris Archer was at the Orioles on Sunday. Four innings, two runs, six strikeouts. He had 14 swinging strikes on 59 pitches. I know the Orioles are bad, but I mean that's that's a really good ratio. 14 on 59. Uh, Taylor Hearn for the Rangers, six and two thirds, uh, six and two thirds innings, two runs, six strikeouts against the Astros. Antonio Sensatella. I know it's Antonio Sensatella, but seven shutout against the fi- uh, with five strikeouts against the Dodgers. Over his last four starts, he has a 2.08 ERA. So. This is for deeper leagues, Scott. Logan Allen, Ronaldo Lopez, Archer, Taylor Hearn, Antonio Sensatella. Anything? I probably Ronaldo Lopez is the most interesting, even though he doesn't have a rotation spot. So that probably tells you everything you need to know. I'm keeping my eye on Chris Archer. He's got a build up, obviously, but uh, I he, the the Rays the Rays may be getting him right. It remains to be seen. And I'm not going to be totally dismiss Antonio Sensatella. I don't want to keep recommending Rockies pitchers because generally that's a losing strategy. But high ground ball rate, low walk rate, uh, four straight quality starts. Granted, three of them were on the road. But mm-hmm. still, I think uh, I think for deep leagues, particularly points leagues, he's usable. Yeah, and, and you don't want to use him this week. He's at home in course Field against the Atlanta Braves, so... Keep that in mind. He has pitched much better, but it's it's a really rough matchup this week for Antonio Senzatella. Starters sit these starting pitchers who might be going through something right now, but let's start with Kevin Gosman, who threw six innings of two-run ball against the Braves. He only had two strikeouts. He gave up 10 hard-hit balls in this start, and his fastball spin rate was down, about 137 RPM. Would you start him at home against the Brewers this week? Yeah, I think I would. I think I would, but I'm I'm a little concerned about Gosman. Yeah, there there's something going on with him right now. I mean, it was still an okay start, but I don't know. Something's going on. Sean Manaya, in ten starts since the beginning of July, he has a five point nine four ERA, but it comes with a three point four one XFIP. So he's had some bad luck. The swinging strikes are still there. He's getting ground balls, is giving up a lot of hard contact. Starters sit Sean Manaya this week at the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, the matchup helps. And he's been getting... Home runs have been killing him. He gave up eight home runs in five August starts at a 990 yeah. ERA for the month. It's rough. That's bad. But um, apart from that, you know, the, the the normal measures of what makes a pitcher good or not, he's he hasn't changed that much. Cal Quantrill, over his last 10 starts, has a 1.77 ERA and looked pretty good against the Red Sox this, innings, uh, this weekend. Seven innings of two-run ball. He is at the Red Sox again this week. Would you start Cal Quantrill there? <laughs> I don't think I would. And and like but whether or not to pick him up, that kind of that question's kind of already been answered because he's 79% rostered now. Yep. He's been a tough one to figure out, Cal Quantrill, but he has been 
two earned runs or fewer in eight of his last nine starts. His overall ERA is down to 293 now. Wow. So I don't really trust it. I think you could probably do better than to start him in a one-start week against the Red Sox, but it's your call, obviously. All right. I'm maybe as a Sparp. I know he has RP eligibility in points leagues. John Means, he was okay against the Tampa Bay Rays. Six and a third, two runs. He had five strikeouts. However, he is at the New York Yankees this week. Would you start or sit John Means? Yeah, bad place for a fly ball pitcher, bad lineup for a fly ball pitcher. So I would sit him. But two quality starts in a row. It's nice to see. Yeah, let's see where it goes. Ian Anderson made his return against the Giants. Five and two-thirds shutout. However, he had zero strikeouts and two walks. The walks, not bad there for Ian Anderson. He's obviously, he's at the Rockies this week, so I'm guessing we want to sit him, but it was an okay return. It was. Yeah, he's been... He's he, he's been a weird one to figure out too because his strikeout rate is much lower. His swinging strike rate is almost exactly the same. And he's got a great ground ball rate too. So, you know, he, he might be another Max Fried-like pitcher when you add it all up. And I, I think we were hoping he would be more of a like true ace when from what we saw of him as a rookie last year. And, and you know, maybe he still will be, but... Right now, I would be more. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking his upside is more like that of a number three in fantasy, kind of like Max Fried. All right, last one here. Kyle Hendricks got bombed by the White Sox on Sunday. Four and two thirds, seven hits, eight earned runs. He gave up three homers in that start, and over his last seven starts, he has a six point nine two ERA. Starter sit against the Pirates this week. He has a six ERA on the dot in three starts against the Pirates this season. I would still start him because we've seen him have these blow-ups <laughs> so many times this year. I mean, he had one just, what, three starts ago? And then he bounces back with the quality start like nothing ever happened. And mm-hmm. super frustrating, but I think if you sit him after the bad start every time, you're just compounding the problem particularly because if it's a good matchup. Even going against the Astros, you know, might be a different story, but against the Pirates, I'll run Hendricks out there again. Let's run through some studs from the weekend, some stud starting pitchers. On Friday, Aaron Nola, five and a third, two runs, seven strikeouts. Not really a studly performance. Actually, he probably should have been in start, starter sit. Would you start him at the Washington Nationals this week? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wade Miley at the Miami Marlins, seven shutout with five strikeouts. Joe Musgrove, Three-hit shutout against the Angels. He had nine strikeouts, 21 swinging strikes on 111 pitches. He has a quality start in six of his last seven. Velocity was way up for Musgrove in that start, so really great to see. And then Garrett Cole at the Oakland A's on Friday. Six shutout with nine strikeouts. He had 17 swinging strikes on 104 pitches. Anything you'd like to add, Scott, on Miley, Musgrove, Cole? Uh, Just that Musgrove's finishing the year... Really strong here. Uh, six plus innings and six of seven. When remembered, there was a stretch there when it, he was never going six innings. And it's like, do we even start this guy anymore? He's back to looking like a an ace in fantasy. And I would plan to keep him in your lineup regardless of matchups rest of season at this point. Saturday studs. Frankie Montas. I've, we have talked about Montas a lot, but even with that, he's not getting the recognition that he deserves. I, I've got to move him inside my top 30 starting pitchers. 
The guy has been amazing. His last nine starts, 2.06 ERA, a 26.5% K minus walk percentage, which is tied for first among all qualified starting pitchers during this stretch with Max Scherzer. So for the past two months, Frankie Montas has been almost as good as Max Scherzer. He has the highest swinging strike rate during that span. He's been awesome. Kyle Gibson, six shutout on Saturday. Alec Manoa, six and a third, two runs, eight strikeouts. Sandy Alcantara, seven innings, one run, 12 strikeouts. Sorry, Scott, it's very late in the podcast. You were going to make him your oh my goodness, but uh, he had 29 swinging strikes. Sandy Alcantara did. Adam Wainwright, at the Pirates. I feel like every one of his starts is at the Pirates. Seven shutout with five strikeouts. He's been great. Framber Valdez, seven innings, two runs, seven strikeouts. And Logan Webb at the Braves, seven shutout with six strikeouts. There are a lot of names here, but they were yeah. all awesome on Saturday. Yeah, I almost made Logan Webb my goodness. Oh my goodness gracious, because he now has ten he now has seven straight quality starts. He has a 160 ERA and 10 starts since returning from the IL. And we've talked before. Like early on in this stretch, how good his XFIP was. He continues to deliver on it. And it's really going to be an interesting question how high we draft Logan Webb next year. He might he might be if if he keeps this up for another month, I mean he might be like a top 30 guy next year. I think it's in the realm of possibility. Um and yeah, Sandy Alcantara, his 29 swing strikes, obviously that's an outlier, but uh four straight with 15 plus. So he's really picked up the whiffs lately. Got that ERA back around 320, I believe. Looking really good, really strong here. Sandy Alcantara right now. Sunday studs, Jose Barrios at the Tigers. Needed a bounce. Oh, 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 oh. did you mention Framber Valdez's walks? I did, I did not. Combined me- three in his last three starts. Yes. Remember after he had that stretch of eight with 6.1 BB per nine? Yeah. So no. it comes and goes, the control issues, but... It looks like he's back on track for now. Yeah, for sure. No, it's a really good point. I had that note there, but uh, I didn't mention it, so I'm happy you did. Sunday studs, Jose Barrios needed a bounce back, and he got it. Seven innings, one run, zero earned, 11 strikeouts to zero walks, and then Dylan Cease up against the Cubs. Six innings, one run, 11 strikeouts. He had 17 swinging strikes. The velocity on his fastball was up in the start as well. Obviously, you're starting him this week at the Kansas City Royals. Anything you'd like to add on Barrios or Cease? Nope. Uh, nice to see Barrios bounce back, but we weren't really concerned about him anyway. Call to the pen. A few more bullpen updates. Both Tyler Clippard and Ian Kennedy blew saves in the same game Friday, and then Ian Kennedy picked up a save. It was either Saturday or Sunday, but I know he bounced back. For the Twins, Alex Colome picked up two saves this weekend, one on Friday, one on Saturday. He's 43% rostered. I don't think he's very good, but... He's the closer. So if you need mm-hmm. saves, Colome is out there. For the Tampa Bay Rays on Saturday, Andrew Kittredge, two innings, picked up his fourth save. He has two of the last three saves for the Rays. I did see that Pete Fairbanks was recently activated. And I guess Nick Anderson is still on the men. So there are a few more names coming to that Tampa Bay Rays bullpen. And for the Mariners on Sunday, Paul Seawald was used in the eighth inning. He gave up a run. And then Drew Steckenrider came out for the ninth picked up his seventh save of the season. To stream or not to stream, we'll start with Monday. Bailey Ober at the Tigers. Luis Patino versus the Red Sox. Chris Paddock at the Diamondbacks. Johnny Cueto versus the Brewers. Drew Smiley at the Dodgers. And Tyler Gilbert versus the Padres. 
I don't love any of them. My favorite three would probably be Bailey Ober at the Tigers, Johnny Cueto against the Brewers, and Luis Patino against the Red Sox. Yep, I don't mind Bailey Ober. He's he's looked pretty good recently, and that's a pretty good matchup. For Tuesday, we have Bryce Wilson at the White Sox, Mike Miner versus Cleveland, Austin Gomber at the Rangers, Trevor Williams, who is now on the Mets. He's going up against the Marlins. Patrick Corbin versus the Phillies, and Miles Michaelis at the Reds. I... Can't recommend Austin Gomber at the Rangers as emphatically as I'd like, but between Monday and Tuesday, he's probably the best play. Yeah, uh, among these that you listed here, my second favorite on Tuesday would probably be Mike Miner against the against the Indians. Yeah, and that tells you everything you need to know because uh, we don't feel very good about Austin Gomber right now. So Monday and Tuesday streamers, not great. Not great, Bob or Scott. For Scott, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again on Wednesday. Bye-bye. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.